I don't know why I did this. I just, I just don't. What, what, what is this? This is a blip. Is this a blip? Is this a blip in my life? Will I do something embarrassing? Will I? What, what do they? I don't know. I, I don't know what's the best that can happen. I know what the worst is. But I don't know what the best is. Well, I don't know what the best that can happen with this is. It's always hard seeing someone you admire fall from grace. It's even worse when that person has so much impact and was held in such high regard. In the start of the 2000s, entertainment was in a weird place. Network television and blockbuster movies were falling into a very formulaic routine. In the early 2000s, the only network comedy series to push the envelope was Will and Grace, a tame and juvenile show when compared to today's standards. Sitcoms ruled the airways, and with this specific genre controlling the comedy landscape, it seemed like each and every idea was starting to become increasingly more familiar. <laughs> Ricky Gervais was born in Reading, England, in the summer of 1961. He studied philosophy in the University of London and graduated in the fall of 83. After graduating from the university, he took a job as the head of speech at the alt music station XFM. While working, he looked for an assistant and interviewed the first CV he read, a Mr. Stephen Merchant. Uh, we all go back to mine. Uh, Barry keeps you talking whilst you and I get down to it. It will take, I swear to God, 10 minutes max and get everything done in that time. Then you get a cab fare home, anywhere you want to go, uh, up to, say, a maximum value of £15. Welcome to The Rise of the Fall. My name is Ryan Coyle, and today we're going to chronicle the career of Ricky Gervais, the real-life Andy Millman. Ricky made the transition to television by writing behind the scenes for sketch shows like Bruiser and The Jim Tavers Show, then making on-screen appearances in sketch shows like The Comedy Lab, and then replacing Sasha Baron Cohen with segments on The 11 O'Clock Show in 1999. That same year, Stephen Merchant, Ricky's old assistant from XFM, had to create a short film while on a BBC production course. Stephen reached out to Ricky, and they created a seven-minute short film called The CD Boss. The short was a parody of workplace documentaries and featured Gervais as the titular character of David Brent. Merchant passed the tape to the head of the BBC, Paul Jackson, who commissioned a full pilot script from Merchant and Gervais. This project was titled The Office. When the first season of The Office aired, it received extraordinarily little attention or fanfare. It was between the shooting of season 2 that DVD sales and word of mouth gained a popularity. This popularity only got increasingly higher and higher until the second season became one of the BBC's most successful comedy series ever. The show ended after its Christmas special after season 2, with both Gervais and Merchant vowing to never revisit these characters again, leaving The Office as a comedy classic. Remember that part, it comes in handy later. In 2004, The Office won the Golden Globe for Best Comedy Series, and Gervais took home the award for Best Actor. This was Gervais's ticket to the big time. And the Golden Globe goes to... The Office. The Office's weird style of awkward cringe humor was its defining characteristic. Gervais and Merchant wanted to make the audience sit in discomfort and make them unsure whether they wanted to laugh or cry. Their style of cringe comedy had an enormous impact on the comedy scene. Its influence led to some of the greatest comedies of our time. Peep Show, Nathan For You, and I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson all cited The Office as massive influences. You saying that you're going to kill the president? 
What? It's no big deal. No one's ever gonna see it. Unless I hear the story of me housing Dillard's burger down at Gramlin's Lorelei Lounge. We're not saying that. Saying what? That we're gonna kill the president. Oh, shit. Of course, we all know about the incredibly famous American remake of The Office, starring Steve Carell. But I bet you did know that The Office has been remade in countries like Sweden, France, Germany, Quebec, Brazil, Chile, the Czech Republic, Finland, India, Israel, and Poland. GQ magazine called Gervais and Merchant the most powerful team in comedy. Everything was looking great for the two, but what would they do to follow up this lightning in a bottle series? In the fall of 2005, Gervais and Merchant released their second and final television series together. Due to the success of The Office, HBO partnered with the BBC to produce both domestically and internationally. The show, like The Office, was both co-created, co-written and co-directed by Gervais and Merchant. The show was called Extras, the story of a man with small parts. Check this out. I've just typed in 58,008. Turn it upside down. Boobs. <laughs> the show ran for two seasons just like The Office and concluded with a Christmas special just like The Office. The show centres around Andy Millman, played by Gervais, a struggling actor who only receives small, non-speaking parts as an extra. Hence the show's title. Merchant plays the character of Darren Lamb, Millman's useless agent who'd rather spend more time hanging out with fired actors from EastEnders than help his clients advance their careers. The plot of the show switches drastically from season 1 and season 2. Season 1 almost acts as an anthology series, with Andy Millman showing up the set on different productions with a big named actor attached in each episode. The show had some amazing guest actors, such as Patrick Stewart, Daniel Radcliffe, David Bowie and even Robert De Niro played a cameo in the series finale. The second season of Extras is the greatest piece of comedy that Gervais and Merchant have ever penned. Season 2 of Extras is especially important in detailing the fall of Ricky Gervais, as the plot of this second season eerily reflects modern-day Gervais. As I said before, Season 2 is drastically different from Season 1. Season 2 was no longer a loose anthology series, but instead followed a serialised storyline. Andy Millman, sick of being pushed around as an extra, decides to pitch his own TV show to the BBC. A 30-minute comedy drama series called When the Whistle Blows, starring Millman as the boss of a manufacturing company where his employees deplore him. Sound familiar? Yes. It was the pitch for The Office. The comedy of the season comes from how the studio heads interfere with When the Whistle Blows and turns what Millman wants as a witty, satirical comedy drama into a cheesy, family-friendly sitcom with over-the-top acting and it aims to cultivate the lowest common denominator. I love your show. Oh, good. Cheers. The wig, the glasses, the catchphrase. Brilliant. Thanks. <laughs> Everything about it. Oh. The wig, the glasses, the catchphrase. Brilliant. That's becoming quite a catchphrase itself. <laughs> Ooh, the wig. The glasses, the catchphrase. Brilliant. Yeah. Andy Millman is left with the choice. Let this comedy abomination air and let the world know what a massive sellout he is or scrap his hopes of having a television show altogether. As Greed would have it, he decided to air the show, and comedy ensues. He sold his soul for a shot at fame Catchphrase and wig and the jokes are lame He's got no style, he's got no grace He's banal and facile, he's a fat waste of space Yeah, yeah, everybody sing that last line. One, two, 
Yes, that was David Bowie. Millman decided to stay in the public eye by selling his soul to, and I quote, thick fuckers who enjoy eating takeaway and watching game shows. Okay, let's quickly jump ahead to 2015. I'll sum up quick what Gervais has been up to in the eight years since Extras has ended. Gervais started stand-up in 2003 and has been off and on performing ever since then. He took a stab at a few leading actor roles in some Hollywood comedies which were not well received, such as The Invention of Lying and Ghost Town. He also popped up in various supporting roles in movies and TV shows such as Curb Your Enthusiasm, Louie and Night in the Museum. Ricky Gervais also created his own television series four years after Extras ended called Derek. The show was written, directed and starring Gervais and it was the first time he had ever worked on a television project without Merchant's involvement. The show wasn't very well received and audiences found it forgettable and a bore. Moving on to 2015, Ricky is offered to write a new comedy series for Netflix. Like Derek, Gervais produced it alone. This show is called Afterlife and it is the most serious of Ricky Gervais' work. The plot is so bleak you'd forget you turned on a comedy series from the creator of The Office. The show follows Tony Johnson, played by Gervais, after his wife dies from cancer. Comedy gold, Ricky. Tony, on the verge of suicide, decides to keep living a life where he can do what he wants, say what he wants, and act like a total tool. His excuse being, if life gets too much for him, he knows he can always kill himself. Now, that plot is rough for a comedy, but I do believe it could have been done tastefully and smartly. Gervais' interpretation was so incredibly tedious, repetitive, and just painful to watch. 2016. Gervais goes to Twitter for a big announcement. He would be bringing the character of David Brent back for a feature-length film. Fans had mixed feelings about this announcement. Some fans were overly excited that Gervais and Merch were bringing their most famous character back over 10 years later on the big screen. Except, Merchant wasn't involved. His name wasn't mentioned in production, writing or directing. This is where fans began to panic. The movie was called David Brent, Life on the Road and it was not the office reboot fans were expecting. The jokes fell flat and audiences felt it revolved more around Gervais' ego than David Brent's ego. During the credits, Gervais scrubbed Merchant's name completely from the movie, not even crediting him as a creator of The Office or David Brent. This left a sour taste in the mouths of the fans. I'm not exaggerating when I'd say I'd rather slam my hand in a door than watch all three seasons of Afterlife. Yes, this was Ricky's first show to receive three seasons, not because the world was so rich as Gervais went on to praise on Twitter, but instead because of a big fat paycheck. Critics were getting stale of Afterlife's drab storytelling and the reviews of its final season in 2022 reflected this. Twitter for Gervais was his echo chamber. Go onto his page after this podcast and give it a scroll. Tweed after tweed, bragging about his awards and past accomplishments, retweeting any Twitter user who compliments him or his show Afterlife and blocking anyone who disagrees with him. There are people who still love Ricky Gervais. He has a strong group of fans who seem to endlessly quote, meme, and praise his work online, worshipping everything he says and puts out, and believes he's the funniest man on the planet because he uses a certain four-letter word beginning with C on repeat. Daft cunt. 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 See you next Tuesday. You're not wrong there, fucking snot-curdling cunt. 
In a recent documentary about XFM called Kick Out the Jams, Gervais and Merchant both record interviews about their time working at the station, their first employers. But neither of them actually acknowledge one another. They're not even in the same room being interviewed. Merchant went on to say he'd never watched a single episode of Afterlife. (laughs) Gervais has alienated himself from his former glory. A man who pushed the boundary for comedy forever is now reduced to clocking in the same repetitive jokes to a small audience that would worship him no matter what he brings. Quotes, catchphrases, and stupid fandoms, Ricky Gervais has tarnished his reputation. A far fall from grace from someone who wrote the character of Andy Millman to actually becoming Andy Millman. I have to give a special shout out to Pixabay for the audio used in this podcast. And of course, the BBC for the Office soundtrack clips, HBO for the Extras clips, and Netflix for the CUNT montage. It was really fun making this podcast, as I'm a big fan of Gervais and Merchant, and I don't find Ricky to be the worst person in the world. It's just disappointing seeing such a great voice lose touch with its audience. And I really cannot recommend the show Extras enough. During my writing and recording of this podcast, me and my housemate went back and watched the second season, and my god... Ricky Gervais actually gives a stellar performance, like a lot better than I remembered. There is a lot I had to leave out for this podcast for the sake of timing and pacing, and if you're familiar with the work of Gervais and Merchant, you're probably asking yourself, where is Carl Buckingdon? To me, I don't think Carl had much to do with the fall of Ricky Gervais, and if I started talking about Carl, my god, when would I finish? The last thing we heard from Carl, he was doing a comedy series for Sky One without the involvement of Ricky or Steve and I really hope he's doing well. This is Ryan Coyle. Thank you so much for listening.